Hello, welcome to another Soulful Session. My name is Elias Dehora, Christian Counselor. And I'm Jackie Dehora, a licensed mental health therapist. And we are here from Therapies Counseling, and today we continue on talking about integrating faith and mental health. We are going through a couple of questions that has been sent over to us. And if you haven't heard the last couple of sessions, please visit therapiescounseling.org and check out the previous uh, questions. And click on podcast, and that's where it will take you. But for today's first question, it is, what are some ways you have seen God to be faithful in your life as you trust in him? And how do you think this has helped in reducing anxiety, depression, and any other mental health struggle? Yeah, I'll start. So having gone through therapy for various things, including childhood trauma, relationship trauma, anxiety, perfectionism, and, and a few other things, how faithful he has been in healing the way that I viewed myself and others, how he specifically healed my pain. He removed so much anger and bitterness and, you know, even mended like so many broken parts of me that came from uh, the trauma. And he's also reminded me of my self-worth, knowing that it's not something that I can earn. It's not something that um, that honestly I, I even deserve, but it's more like a gift for just being his daughter. I've also seen how he's financially provided for me in unexpected ways through other believers who just felt like God was leading them to either give us money or food or words of encouragement. And God has fulfilled the desires of my heart in so many ways that I, I think the biggest one has been giving me the chance to have a healthy, not a perfect, but a healthy, happy family because we just keep Jesus at the center of it. That's good. Um, you mentioned something uh, that actually reminded me about finances. Um, you know, like you know, what, uh, a lot of what people regularly go through uh, as related to mental health struggles is, uh, I guess you would say, like a, an acute mental health. Like it's not something that's chronic. It's not something that's constantly uh, week week through week, month to month, year to year, which people do struggle with chronic mental health struggles. But um, the average person deals with acute mental health struggles. You know, uh, an anxiety uh, anxiety feeling here, a depression feeling here. A stress, you know, there's good stress and there's bad stress, you know, um, and and it reminded me when you said when you're talking about finances, it, for for me at least, uh, especially since you know going into adulthood, finances has been a huge part of my mental health struggle because you know it's, it's stressing me out. You know, am I going to have enough money? And especially when I was um, um, going through, uh, leaving high school and then you know heading into young adult life, you know, way before I met you. Um, <laughs> And that made me realize, you know, like how God has been faithful and consistent and always providing and meeting my every need. It wasn't exactly what I wanted or how I wanted it, but it was definitely what I needed at the time. And time and time again, God definitely has showed up, not just in the past, but in my present, even today, how he's been providing for our family Um, financially, how you were saying, like how, how somebody randomly will provide food here or provide this and and I remember even at one point when we were married in the beginning years of our marriage, we've been married close to 10 years now for mm-hmm. those who are listening. Um, we were even by the definition what homeless is. You know, yeah. we were actually like in, in, at, a, at a house at a friend's house, basically couch serving. And that's actually when we found out we were pregnant with our first yeah. <laughs> first child, Izzy. So it was a great time to to be pregnant, around, especially when, when we were basically having no place to live. 
Um, but got provided through a very uh, sweet woman that, you know, opened up her home to us. And it was exactly what we needed. It wasn't exactly what we wanted. Um, but I do remember mm-hmm. during that time, there was a lot of anxious anxiety. Yes. There was a lot of uh, sadness, depression, because you, you just don't want to go through those type of things. And then you feel like a failure, you know, because it's almost like you, you know, you start looking through all your decision making and then it's the anxiety of like, what if I would have done this? What if we would have done da da da? And knowing like we can't go back in time to change the decisions, the choices, the circumstances. And that's where I think for us, it really helped to put back our eyes on God and say, Lord, like, help us, guide us. And like you said, the provision wasn't in our definition, I guess, I don't know. I, would, I wouldn't say ideal, but it was just like, that's, a, you know, it would have been great to have our own house, yeah. <laughs> our own place, but basically god took care of us and he provided shelter he's provided food and everything that we needed yeah and you all honestly said again something that is nail on it's our thinking patterns um it was a bad situation but we made the best of the situation by putting our hope in god so that's really good yeah all right so here's the next question in what ways have you seen the god god's impact on your life in the area of mental health um well for me um it definitely has been in so i've been for for quite some some years on the recovery journey of porn addiction and addiction is a form of mental health struggle and i i struggled with mental uh, with uh, porn addiction for many years ever since i was a child i was exposed to pornography as a child Continued watching it and used it as an unhealthy coping mecha- uh, mechanism, hoping, unhealthy coping skill, for many years after that, and even as you know into our into our marriage, and it caused shame, it caused guilt, it caused secrecy. It also I went to pornography addiction because I was I was dealing with anxiety in my life. I was dealing with a lot of stress in my life, and it's not to excuse the behavior. I'm just explaining to you that that was basically my drug to go to. Uh, because it made me feel good it made me feel present um i was in control of what i was watching i can i can tell you the whole therapy <laughs> uh months of therapy that i had in order to recover from this and and i'm so grateful that today that here's the impact you know i had a crisis moment a couple of years ago and we'll talk about my my testimony story another time but long yeah. story short so we can answer the question um god has used used the crisis uh, and i saw christ through it God used a mess of the situation um, and he turned it into a message. And it was a, an amazing uh, experience of the power of forgiveness, amazing mm-hmm. experience of the power of hope. Uh, uh, you know, you obviously were there. You, your, mm-hmm. your power of the forgiveness that I experienced through you, Jackie, mm-hmm. was amazing. Um, grateful for you and your life and not giving up on me. The support that I have through my through my family and friends was also so even though I, I so it was so needed, you know, and, and I realized that God had always made a way for me to get out of this of that addiction. I just saw it as a passive approach. I never fought against it. And then one day a friend of mine was sharing his story, which was a pornography related struggle as well that he had overcome. And I said, you know, by the end of that conversation, hey, your story is my story. And I 
was sobbing and I was crying. And it was that day, I called that D-Day. In fact, he called it D-Day. Apparently (laughs) that's the thing that happens with a lot of people that come forward and start fighting the Mm -hmm. addiction uh, and the struggle and the cycle of brokenness that is the lust of the heart about pornography addiction, D-Day. And and for for me, that D-Day was a couple of years ago. and, And from then on, I've been fighting against porn addiction in my life and helping other men and married couples who go through the mm. pains of of addiction and that form of infidel, infidelity uh, to overcome. So, man, I'm seeing now how God is using it. And that's God's impact. You know, me receiving his forgiveness first most from God, the father, through his son, Jesus Christ, and him using it to for his glory. That's amazing. And praise God that he was able to help you and he equipped you with resources through your friend, right? That told you about um, different tools and even like a- Yeah, he pointed the way. He pointed yeah. the way to other resources and mm-hmm. then that resource led to another another group of workshops, of therapy. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about your ebook? Yeah, sure. I, um, I've recently released uh, an ebook called I Declare War. And what that means is, you know, not taking a passive approach to porn addiction, but that you are actually fighting back. Um, and it's going to be an amazing tool. It has been an amazing tool for many, many, many people. And and I got to tell you, it took me months to complete this thing <laughs> in the middle of being a father, a husband, a another counselor. thing, a counselor. <laughs> and I, 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 there was a part where I really almost thought that I wasn't going to be able to finish it only because there were so much details, so much materials going through it. And, and here's, here's, here's basically the thing. If you are a person that wants accountability tools, you got to get this book. If you want to move past shame and guilt related to, the, to any porn addiction you may be having, you got to get it. If you're looking for a 30-day ebook that it acts like a 30-day challenge to becoming porn-free, if you need tips on what to do instead of, what, what, instead of watching porn when you're bored or when you're alone, which is another trigger, you know, when people are bored and alone, they, they tend to gravitate to something that they're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it also provides worksheets, PDFs of building self-awareness and to dig deep as to why you resort to watching porn. And if you're seeking other strategies to staying away porn, staying away from porn, um, that's you got to get this ebook. Um, I put a lot of the resources that I have used and I realized something. Um, there's so many tools out there. You got to use the one that works for you. Uh, for me as a so Christian, I'll be, I'll be, to take it back to integrating mental health and faith, there has been so many circumstances when I was younger, when I approached the people, and all, all that they can say is like, oh, just pray it away. Mm, yeah. And while that may have worked for, for some people, I don't know. I mean, I've heard, I heard stories of somebody saying, you know, I, I, I got saved by Jesus and I, and I was a heavy uh, drinker or a heavy, heavy cigarette smoker or something like that. And I never picked it up a day in my life after I accepted Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, good for you. you know. I, I, and here I am in my struggle. And I was, I was already a Christian for many years. And, and I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know if it was because he had more faith or I, I wasn't. I don't know. We, that's a whole nother conversation to have. But what I did know is that I was passive. What I did, what I do know is, I held my pornography addiction as a as a relational aspect, as a friend, instead of seeing it as an enemy. And I think that was the big factor. I I would try to have Jesus and this addiction, Jesus and this sin, Jesus and and usually the whole 
Jesus and it never works, whatever it is you're mm. struggling with, turn it over to God, surrender, and actually put in the work. Um, yeah. We, You still have free will. You still need to make a decision every single day to pick up the cross. And so go to therapiescounseling.org and click on the information about ebooks and curriculum and it's there so thank you for letting me <laughs> present that yeah i mean i'm just excited because i've had um, a few clients myself while you were developing your ebook um that struggled with porn and i feel like this is just a very specialized um i would say like population or or treatment right because not everybody can really understand all the facets and how what viewing porn will affect the person mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Um, emotionally, right? And and more importantly, how I was seeing it, looking from the outside in, was like their relationships were being shattered. Yes. And it was just honestly like me just kind of being an outsider. I felt I felt distraught. I felt pretty sad for them because you see someone that just genuinely wants to be present in their romantic relationship, right? Like a boyfriend, girlfriend, and husband and wife, husband wife, right? And they and part of them like they either couldn't because they were so addicted to the, I guess would we say like the high or like yeah, the it is it is the exact same receptors in our brain. The uh, porn addiction uh, highlights the same type of receptors in our brain as the equivalent of somebody who's addicted to alcohol, somebody mm -hmm. who's addicted yeah. to uh, some type of uh, uh, paraphernalia, like some type of narcotic drug. Uh, it, it, those type of things is the same exact thing because your brain is saying, wow, this feels good. I want more. Mm -hmm. And that groove in that brain, the neural pathway just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And there's that's where it's a lot of it just goes deeper. You know, the word mm -hmm. of God says that the wages of sin is death. And I could tell you that I have been in a room with other men who have struggled with pornography addiction. Mm -hmm. And while I didn't cross the line of physical infidelity with somebody else or or um it, public exposure yeah. uh because of that type of you know am i gonna get caught and more than that that type of high and other type of you know i can't say certain things here on the public radio here yeah. and but i was something clicked when i was in that room i remember that when i was going through a sexual addiction workshops years ago and the facilitator said this and then and it just made it made sense it said don't judge anybody to anybody's story that you hear here. Mm. One person may did this, one person made that, but we all started with watching pornography and then it, we just kept pushing the limits because that's what our brain wanted. Um, and any of us could have crossed the line. Any of us could be mm. any one of us and that made so much sense. And I still carry that to this day. Even if in, even being in my recovery journey, I still carry it. I am aware of my weakness and my limitations and I use you know, use that type of self-awareness to support, to support it with uh, an accountability system, to support with a uh, grounding tool, mental health tools, spiritual tools, the word of God, of course, and prayer, of course. Yeah. Um, and, and just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is everywhere, honestly, because he's <laughs> the one that's that made the way that is supporting me through the way. Because as the word of God says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow mm. of death, I will fear no evil. It's when we walk through it and we are walking through it even as we live in this fallen world. So good. I did want to ask you, because um, something, again, that I've encountered when trying to help people get, get out of this, and, and I'm so grateful, by the way, <laughs> that you created this ebook and that you're accepting new clients because, again, I just feel like it's something that you specialize in. Um, but 
if somebody was just struggling, they're listening and they were just, I don't know, maybe they're having a hard time even like asking for help. And I know you mentioned earlier that that's uh, the shame, right? Grows in secrecy. Yes. So do you have any advice or like, even if it's just like a little, a little tip of like, how, how could that person break through that shame to just ask for help? Yeah. So it's definitely who you ask. You know, it really depends on who you ask. And you don't want to ask a total stranger because that stranger doesn't necessarily have the, that type of investment and care and concern over your life. And that's something I realized when that one friend um, saw what I was going through, he didn't see the pornography viewing addiction he saw the behaviors the external factors of it okay. and he noticed it and he's like i know those behaviors very well um and so when he began sharing his story he provided a safe space a non-judgmental space and not only that a challenging space to challenge me beyond the addiction and the beyond addiction really is the root of the problem the mm -hmm. lust of the heart yeah. So it's sort of like what you and I sometimes go through counseling. Um, sometimes when we go, you know, you know, you have your therapy sessions and I have my counseling mm -hmm. sessions. Sometimes we put out fires. We, yeah. we answer people's questions. We guide them through what's happening right in front of them. But then eventually we, we tend to teeter, uh, teeter totter back and forth to the root. But then we realize, you know, and we were taught in yeah. school where people are not going to get down to the root uh, until they, they address the surface level issues because that's mm -hmm. what's important to them. Yeah, you know yes. they're, they're in crisis mode mm -hmm. you know? and a lot of the clients that are I, that i've been receiving especially with pornography addiction they enter into a crisis mode my wife found out i lost my job there's a, mm -hmm. this is what's happening i and sometimes pornography addiction is related to money problems you know yeah. i spent thousands of dollars on this um and so it's a crisis mode until so, until so until they get out of that crisis mode they're not going to address the root of the problem so if you are in a crisis mode, um, seek a counselor to help you fight those challenges and problem-solving skills. That's the key right there, yes. problem-solving skills in the middle of a crisis mode so that you may move past feeling hopeless mm. and be filled with hope. So then afterwards, you realize, okay, the fire is out. Let me walk through this house and I'll address where the, this fire originally started. That's so good. So, Jackie, I wanted to ask you, um, can you share how a girlfriend or a wife could support their partner when they find out about the pornography addiction? Because obviously you have that experience you know, with me um, and we have already shared uh, our grievances and, <laughs> and forgiveness and we ourselves went through counseling for it. Um, so can you share some tips on the person who may know that their partner is struggling with pornography addiction? Yeah. So... I, I'll just share briefly. So when I found out, I was I was shocked. Um, but I think <laughs> I went straight into like, okay, what do you need? How can I yeah. help? Just so you guys know, she's laughing out of nervousness. Because <laughs> it's not really an easy topic to talk just, about. I, it's not something that it sounds science and daisy for her. You know how sometimes even you you have you experienced in your counseling therapy session where people are laughing and they're they're sharing horrendous stories shocking stories and they're laughing it away yes. this is what you're doing right yeah, now this, you, now you know what now you know what your counseling so, like. so, so the reason i'm laughing is because um i'm laughing at like i think it was great that i was able my initial reaction response yeah, your initial was, reaction exactly that's why i'm laughing because there's more yeah. <laughs> so my initial reaction was of support 
of like, I'm there, problem solve, let's get you the help you need. Da, 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 right? yeah, your personality came through. Yeah. And then it was like, I think, what, two days after? Yeah, that... your, your delayed processing <laughs> cognitive kicked in. Yes, which I feel like has its benefits, right? Because then I'm able to help problem solve. But then two days later is when like, I yeah, felt like hits, everything hit. Yeah. So tell us yeah. a little bit about that. So how can somebody in, in that you were once in that position mm -hmm. help their partner find their way out? So so if you're not like me, which you guys probably aren't, that takes two days to delay processing. <laughs> There's eight billion people on this planet, Jackie. Somebody oh out there is like you. Trust me. So let's just say I'll just work with. Let's say you found out and you are distraught. You're heartbroken. You're disappointed. Maybe you're you're now feeling insecure because you're like, yeah. goodness, like what is it that he's watching? Like, am I not good enough? And like. Is he not satisfied with me or this relationship? Like, there's just so many questions that run through your mind in that moment. And and I'll be real, like the the main theme is it becomes about you and what you're lacking. But like you mentioned earlier, if if we understand that if somebody's watching porn, it's more of a high. It's more of a you know they they don't have like you know maybe the healthy coping skills that they need. They don't have outlets. They don't have a support system. They're, they're dealing with their own things, then it's no longer about you and what you're lacking. It's more of like, okay, you know, this this person's hurting and, and I need to help them. So I think something you mentioned earlier was my forgiveness. And that came a little bit later. It wasn't like yeah. you told me and then in mm -hmm. two days we were good. Yeah, of course. But forgiveness takes time. It does take time. It's also a choice. It's not a feeling. But um for me it it I forgave you because I felt like I un I understand why you went to it. And it wasn't because, oh, you know, you're not pretty enough and you're not this enough. It was more of like, I'm so stressed or I was so worried about this. Or again, it was your things. Yeah. And so, it's not to excuse the behavior reaction. Right. There is a point of, of the recovery process. Every person needs to take ownership of the their their the struggles and the consequences that comes afterwards mm -hmm. and i and, and 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 it was my fault i was able to say that finally because part there's a lot of people out there that struggle any yeah. type of addiction they always tend to blame other people for their addictions yeah. which that's unhealthy you know because then if it, if it was it was if, it, if they're always blaming other people then that means other people have that power to to stop or start their addiction mm. but when part of the healing and addiction recovery process is admitting you have a problem yeah. <laughs> so so I knew I had a problem and it wasn't just related about stress or worries, but I had a deeper root. And mm -hmm. you understood that, especially receiving counseling and therapy yourself yes. for, for your story, which we're almost running out of time today, but I, we want to hear more about your story uh, at another time. Um, but but I saw you being supportive because mm -hmm. you wanted to be with me. You wanted to make our marriage work. And I thank you so much for that. And you were first accountable to God. Um, in that type of way, you know, it's not like you were in an abusive relationship or, mm -hmm. and, and yes, the word of God says that, you know, having the lust of the, uh, the, the heart and it's the equivalence of cheating. So, uh, so that, that even, I go through even a series of questions in my ebook, you know, even one of them is, you know, is viewing pornography addiction cheating? Like, yes, it is, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, cause sin is sin and that is cheating. It may not have been physical, uh, infidelity, but it was digital infidelity mm -hmm. and, and and there is hope in that, you know, there's yeah. hope and forgiveness. And that's what, what I experienced. And, 
and it takes two people to work towards one direction. And the person viewing the pornography has to also uh, put the proper boundaries, make it work. If the person's still going back to pornography or still going to back to their to the ways of struggles and stuff, and they're not putting any type of effort, then that's where it becomes a problem, yeah. and that's where it becomes even more of a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, that now you're really just intentionally hurting the other person, and yeah. that's where other steps are taken, which you and I both have already counseled people through, mm-hmm. even through um, divorce and separation. Yeah, and that that is tough. That is, is really tough. I did want to add really quick. It did help me a lot to reach out. To, um another like Christian counselor because I needed to honestly dump my feelings and process them somewhere else and I couldn't do it with you <laughs> because you were going through through it with me so that really helped to be able to like break down and I remember she told me that's where she like she highlighted it for me she's also like just a great friend guys because she's filled with God's word and gives such wise counsel and she told me it's a great um leadership you know, uh, I think skill that you have, right? Where it's like you can help in, during a time of crisis, but you need to allow yourself to break down as well. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, I found myself crying in the car, talking to her and just unloading and, and finally being able to say, okay, I'm ready to deal now with my feelings of sadness and hurt um, because I felt like I couldn't do it in front of you because I wanted you to know, like, I'm here for you. I'm strong for you. But at some point, part of our healing was also letting you know that I did feel hurt by yes. what, what you did. Yes, that is true. Um, and I'm glad you had a voice throughout that process too. Just like how I had the different layers of uh, protection, of accountability, of boundaries, you also added your layers of accountability, of, of support. You know, support systems are huge in this. So we're already almost coming up to the end. Uh, well, we are at the end of our <laughs> session today. Believe it or not, we we sometimes don't know where these conversations are going to lead. And we had actually two more questions today, but it looks like the main one was about, you know, how what areas have you seen God's impact on your life uh, in the area of mental health? And for me, that was one of the biggest. There's obviously been other issues and struggles that I've had with mental health as related to depression. I was suicidal at one point as I was a teenager. That's a whole nother topic and a whole nother conversation. And so next week, we are going to talk about more on about Jackie. Jackie's going to share mm-hmm. her story, her testimony. Um, Jackie, you want to give a little bit, very quick, uh, <laughs> how do you say, uh, <laughs> what's coming up next week about what, it, what what is, give us a one-liner if you can about your story so people can know what to expect next week. Oof, a one-liner? I, okay. Yeah. So just straight, sit up straight. What happened? And then. Okay. And, and... So. A lot of abuse, sexual, mental, physical, emotional, um, a lot of occult background stuff, suicidal thoughts as well. And there's just so much, honestly. Yeah. But then Which to we, see how yeah. God restored and healed and, and just honestly to see where I'm at today is, is a miracle in itself. Yes. And we're going to be answering specific questions. Uh, if you want to hear the actual whole story, Jackie, we actually shared her whole story uh, a couple of weeks back. And it is on our podcast. Um, so if you go to therapiescounseling.org um, and you click the podcast button, it will you can actually go and, and hear. There's two parts of her, her her story. And the first part is under the part about, you know, trauma-related and childhood uh, trauma. So that's there. But I can't wait to hear more about your story next week i know it's going to benefit so many people and as we it's great that we get to have this space as well i know that 
healing doesn't happen one time. Healing happens multiple times and healing mm -hmm. happens in different layers. It does. Mm -hmm. And even as you and I are sharing our story, we know that healing is still happening. And, yes. and Jesus is still part of this process. Do you want to pray, pray us out, Jackie? Is that sure. Okay? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, for your presence. Lord, I just pray right now that you just help all of us, Lord, to continue to heal, to continue to trust you, Lord, with our worries, our cares, our fears, God. I pray, Lord, that the person listening may remember, God, that they can come to you with anything that is on their heart and lay it at your feet and say, God, this is heavy. Take it, Lord. And your word says that all of us who are weary can come to you and you will give us rest. I pray, Lord, that the person listening can just feel your presence, that they may feel loved by you, and remember that they are never alone. Thank you so much, God, for loving us unconditionally. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening in on today's Soulful Session, where we cover all things related to Jesus, mental health, relationships, with me, Elias Dahor, Christian counselor, and Jackie Dahora, mental health therapist from Therapies Counseling. If you're looking for counseling or speaking service related to marital, premarital, anxiety, trauma, porn addiction, recovery support, therapy, life coaching, or consulting, please call us and text us at 305-925-0827. That's 305-925-0827. Or visit us at therapiescounseling.org. Have a blessed week and stay soulful.